You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Uh, I'm sharing a message today titled Active Receiver. I want to talk to you today about this theme because uh, I was doing some reading this week and there was some studies done in psychology about 50 years ago that revealed or showed that there is an endemic in American modern culture where people are split between two ideas and then people stand at the center of two ideas. One is the idea that this generation has experienced or does experience the greatest amount of possibilities that any other generation before had not access to. And that's true, right? There's so much possibility at our hands. And the second reality, the second idea is that in light of that and amid all that, the individual, the person can very much feel powerless. There's a sense of powerlessness when we discover Uh, that we are part of a bigger picture and that in much of it there is a sense that for the big decisions we really can't our will can't affect it it can't really change it now it's true that the realm of possibilities is the greatest we've ever seen there are things that we take for granted daily that is just automatic to our reality that just a few years ago it wasn't true think about communication for example the printing press was invented in the 15th century, in the 1400s. They invented the printing press. Actually, an interesting story. I forget the name of the person, but the first time they, they produced a book in, uh, in series, it was the Bible. It was a German man who tried to print 200 Bibles because he wanted to make the Bible available. And one single Bible cost as much as three-year salary. Yeah. So And he did it. He printed 200 Bibles. That was the first printed like in in, a first book printed in the printing press and so that was the motivation but it's since that the printing press all we've had for communication for years for hundreds of years was newspapers magazines and books that's what we've used to communicate until about 120 years ago when film was invented and then After film was invented about 120 years ago, the TV became available in the 1920s. And that changed everything. Being able to watch something on on a screen and being able to, to broadcast that across the country, it changed everything. But think about just the past 10 years since the, the, uh, the spread of smartphones, right? Anybody with a Snapchat account or an Instagram account can have their own reality show in a way. You can just broadcast your life everywhere. If you have a YouTube account, you can reach thousands in a day. Now, those are things that we take for granted. It happens all the time. Videos go viral all the time, especially if it's a fail, right? Somebody doing something bad that they just, it just did not work. We like watching those over and over again and laugh at them. We're so mean. (laughs) So in communication, think about that. That's that's the, the, the era that we live in. Think about cars. We drive cars. The, car, the, the first combustion engine vehicle was produced 200 years ago. It was made. It was invented. And now we drive cars everywhere. But before, everybody just rode on animals. Horse, 
donkeys, camels. No Bluetooth, you guys. No windshield wipers, just, just horseback riding. That's how it used to be. We can fly. Think about that. We can fly. And it's only been 100 years since we've been able to fly. So there's no doubt that the realm of possibilities is as great as it's ever been. But at the same rate, what that study showed is that if you pay attention, more and more of our culture, more and more of our society, more and more of our surroundings drive you and I to passivity. It drives you to passivity, to just take life as it comes, to just sit tight and receive it. A simple example. You don't have to learn how to cook anymore. You can just pick up your phone, call someone, and say, I want food. And 30 minutes later, it's at your doorstep, right? I, when I moved to Houston, I, I bought maps. I love maps. So I bought maps. I studied the maps. I studied the highways. The highway system in Houston is complex. There's like 10, 20 highways. So I saw 45 north and south goes this way. I-10 crosses the whole country and comes across Houston this way. There's the inner, inner loop. There's the outer loop. There's these tollways. They try to get you with the tolls. So you could drop me anywhere in Houston, and I, I, can, I can get home. I can come up here. This is home, okay, just in case you're wondering. Uh, because I studied the maps. But, but that's when I had a Motorola Razor because that was the cutting-edge phone, right? The guy I was working with had a StarTac. You remember the StarTac with the orange little digits? I had the razor, colored screen, so winning. But nowadays, all you need to do is say, take me to Target. Which Target? Tap the one you want. And all I need to do is tap. Did you see how it took five seconds to come up? That got me nervous. It was taking too long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We live in this era where it's just... You, you just sit tight. You don't need to learn roads and direction. You just, the voice will tell you where to go. Just listen to the voice, okay? And the voice knows. And uh, I'm not speaking against technology. I love technology. If you, if you can buy your iPhone 7s and your Apple TVs, do it. It's good. I love it. Listen to your doctor. Take your medicine, okay? There's nothing about the message of Jesus that contradicts science, all right? You go, science is the process of discovery of what's made. And for us who believe, for those of us who believe in the existence of God, who believe that God exists, we're discovering what he's put into motion. And so when, when, when we see these developments, I'm not speaking against that. What I'm trying to bring about is, is just for you to pay attention that if you just go through the motion. If you just let life happen and you just go in this flow, it's easy for your mind to just begin to change and, and, and go from an active place to a passive place where you simply let things happen to you because that is life. And amid everything else that's going on, it's easy to feel powerless. There is a, a prime illustration in Scripture, John chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. There's a story that you might be familiar with. It says, Now there, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool 
when, I, when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once, the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. Now, when you, when you read this story, especially if you're not a church person and you read this story, it sounds a bit out there, right? You look at that, yeah, that thing and you, th and you say, whoa, the water got stirred up and just everybody jumped in the pool and whoever was the first one to jump in got healed. That's kind of hard to get past. But I just want you to put that aside for a little bit and think about this man's predicament. Think about his reality. For 38 years... He sat down or laid in the presence of amazing things. Amazing things that he could not explain were happening right before his eyes in 38 years. And he saw it happen, but it never happened to him. He saw everybody else, other people, get what he wanted, but it never happened to him. If you were able to borrow Marty McFly's DMC-12 DeLorean, Okay, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Marty McFly was an individual who was best friends, best friends with the scientist. I don't know how they became best friends, but the story begins with him getting a phone call from this old man who's a scientist, and they're buddies, all right? A high school kid who's buddies with a scientist. So as the story goes, it's a movie, okay, for those of you who don't know. As the story goes, this man has a time machine. That is built in a DeLorean DMC-12. That's a car. Ah. Uh, there is a car that can travel through time in this movie, Back to the Future. And if we were to borrow Marty McFly's vehicle, get in the car, key in the date of this, this very date here where this man was sitting by the pool. And you were able to travel back, sit by this man and say, hey, what's up, man? In your nice jeans, sneakers, button-down shirt. He would look at you and go, whoa, where are you from? And then you would explain, well, where I'm from, we drive cars. We've been to the moon. If I'm ever able to travel back in time, I'm leading with that. Hi, I'm JD. We've been to the moon. <laughs> you impress anybody, only if you travel back in time. So if you were able to sit with him and explain the complexity of your life, explain just your day, how you go through your day. I wake up, I shower. He would look at you and say, what? You shower? How is that? Yeah, I turn on a knob, water comes down, and then I get in my car and I drive. What's driving? Explain to me what's driving. Possibly what you go through each day would, would be more impressive to him than what we read in scriptures here. So we disconnect from it because it's so, like it's 2,000 years old and it sounds mystic. It sounds like this. But this is an account of what happened and this was a common thing. 38 years, he was sitting there watching things happen. Just like you here, 2016, you see amazing things happen around you all the time. But sometimes you just look at the situation and you go, when is it going to happen to me? And that was his posture. He was sitting there for 38 years, 38 years expecting something to happen to his life, 38 years believing that maybe destiny 
Maybe another person, maybe karma would come around and blow wind and take him inside the pool just at the right time so he could be healed. 38 years and nothing happened. The only thing that grew on the inside was this sense of powerlessness to the point that he looks at Jesus and says, there's nobody, nobody that can put me in. And when I try to go, when I try to time it and get it just right, somebody else comes ahead of me takes my spot have you ever felt like that like you know you're just expecting something to happen to you you look around and you see everybody else trying for the same thing and then all of a sudden somebody gets in you go like dang it why didn't I get it and then you try again and you try again and for years maybe you've been believing maybe for years you've been going through this process of wanting to achieve and wanting to believe in what is on the inside but you keep being left out you're there hoping that something else will get you into the water so to speak this man is that is in that situation and I believe that sometimes we go through what he went through because the way he felt that day to just accept his situation sit there and just accept the fact that he is lame and nothing's ever gonna get better is many times the thoughts that come through our minds that maybe you're supposed to just sit back and accept it. Sit back and take it, your reality as is. Sit back and just allow what's going on around you. But the reason why you're here this morning, the reason why you got up, you got in your car, you came here, it's because deep on the inside, even though there might be voices around you telling you to sit down and accept, deep on the inside, something rises on in you and tells you that you are meant for more. You're not meant to live in pain. You're not meant to live hurt. You're not meant to live in negativity. You're not meant to live in strife. You're meant to live in blessing. You're meant to live in love. You're meant to receive God's hope and God's love in your life. You're meant to receive the life that he has for you. You are meant to live free from strife, free from sadness, free from all these things that try to press you down. That's how you're meant to live. And you know that on the inside. Now, this is what scripture tells us in John Chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 from the ESV version. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And here is the main point of my message for you today. And if you don't remember anything else, remember these next few lines. There is a big difference between accepting and receiving. A huge difference. And sometimes we use this language colloquially. We say that we have accepted Jesus, that we are Christians now. And I know that what we mean is that we have received him. Because accepting doesn't require any action on your part. Accepting means that you sit down, you look at the situation, and you recognize it. I've accepted that. I have accepted the fact that life is this way. I've accepted the fact that my past have des has designed me and gotten me, gotten me here. And I'm never going to achieve what I... I've accepted that. And it's easy to sit down and accept. But just as accepting a circumstance, accepting a reality. For example, just as accepting that there is evil in the world does not make you an evildoer. Accepting the fact that there is a God. Accepting the fact that Jesus is the Son of, the, of God does not make you Christ-like. It does not cause you to receive what he has for you now if you engage into receiving 
That's why the title of the message is Active Receiver. If you engage in the process of receiving, that is an active, active element in your life. And that's why sometimes we don't see the transformation we desire. We don't see the transformation that is meant to happen in our lives. Because instead of doing what we know that we want, we want to actively receive, we take a posture to passively accept and hope that something else on its own will develop and take us to where we want to go. Now, if you, if you look at this scripture, that word receive has, a, has a, a powerful meaning. It means to take. It means to catch. It means to claim. And now I got a football here. And you guys are probably wondering why I have a football. I, I, I got this football, $9.99 at Target. I mentioned Target twice today. I have to cut that from the recording. You're not, getting, you're not getting any kickbacks, guys. <laughs> uh, I have a football here. I'm going to ask my brother-in-law, Jordan. Jordan Brown, he can give you autographs later. He's famous. He used to be the quarterback for University of Houston, if you, if you watch college football. Yeah, he's a big deal, guys. He won't admit to it, but he only autographs foreheads and forearms. I don't know why. It's weird. <laughs> Come on over. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Jordan and Dante. Dante, are you here? I just want you guys to, like... Toss the ball around a little bit here. Let's have a little Sunday football in church. How about that? Huh? You guys like that? Dante, did you play in college too? Yeah, you play football in college? So we got stars here, guys. Now I want you to pay attention. Here's the quarterback tossing the ball to the receiver. You see, he's not just standing there. Keep, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Pay attention to how they receive. Like they have to position themselves, move around a little bit. Like, you know. You like them playing? Yeah? <laughs> Act like you're playing. Yeah. Come on. Go deep. Go deep. <laughs> Don't hit anybody. Do you see that? Can you guys see that? Awesome. Now they're getting into it. All right, guys. That's enough. All right. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> go deep. Go deep. Go deep. <laughs> what? See that? Did you see that? For the win. All right, can I have the ball back? It's my ball, my game. <laughs> I wasn't one of those kids, so. Give it up for Jordan, guys. And Dante. So if, if the gospel was, a, was football, if, if it were football, just to use the analogy of football, this is what you got to understand. Jesus got possession of the ball. The ball represents life. The ball represents his blessing. The ball represents his promises, the things that he wants to give you, the things that he, he paid a high price so that you could live in those things, in the promises that he has for you. And he took possession of the ball. And the quarterback is the Holy Spirit. The quarterback is the voice of God in your heart. The quarterback is, is the instruction of God in your life. He tells you where to go. He gives you the strategy for the play. He tells you where to stand so you won't get hit by the adversary. He tells you where to go so you can receive the promises of God. And if you listen to the quarterback, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, and you position yourself to receive, and you actively receive, that's when you have possession of his promises, and you can make a run for the end zone. You can make a run for your destiny. You can make a run for the, the, the life that he has promised you when you have that connection with God. Think about that for a minute. God 
his relationship with, with you is an active relationship. The problem is that a lot of people, to use the same analogy, a lot of people, they, they have their eyes on the end zone, but their backs, they have their backs to the quarterback. And they want to get to the end zone. They want to get to the target. They want to get to their promises. But they don't know how to activate their lives to get there. So they get hit left and right. All you need to do is turn to receive what he has for you. Now you might ask yourself, how? How do I do that? And I was thinking about this. I, I was praying yesterday. I had this message up until now, until the, 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 the football thing, and I was getting excited. But then I'm like, there's something missing, God. There's something missing. Like we need a how-to, and how can we activate that perfectly in our lives? How can we go through the process? And then I, I just felt God drop in my heart the Lord's Prayer. If you've grown up in church, if you've, most people know the Lord's Prayer, right? You've heard it uh, once or twice, even if you've never been to church. But if you grew up in church, this is a prayer that we are taught to recite. We're taught to pray. But if you fit this prayer into the realm of petition, and you only think about it as you pleading to God and asking Him to give you things, then you might miss the, 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 the complete picture that Jesus was giving us when he was teaching us how to pray. So let's go through this prayer in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13 from the ESV version. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that's the first, the first how-to and how to be an active receiver, to receive uh, the promises of God actively. You praise. You start with praise. You start recognizing who he is in your life. You start by recognizing his place in, our, in your life. And then you continue. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It means that you are surrendering him control of your life. You are asking him to give you the strategy for your life. You're saying, God, your reality, let your reality come to my life. Let your will come to my life. Let your presence come to my life. And let it be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread. That means I trust you for my provision. I don't trust the economy. I don't trust just my job as my provider. You are my provider and you use those avenues for my life. So if something happens in this realm here, you still know that he will provide for you. And forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now this is something that might sound like it comes from the left field, but forgiveness is huge in your life if you are to reach your full potential and reach the promises of God for your life. Forgiveness is huge because anything that you hold on to in, in the form of, of uh, bitterness and unforgiveness, it's only doing you damage. And a lot of times we have this sense of justice that we think that if we let it go, we're letting the person go scot-free. But, but most times that person is fine. And you're just holding on to, to that bitterness and resentment and you're thinking that you need to hold on to it because that is just, you know, there's a little of a, a sense of self-justice there. But what we are encouraged to do is just to let go and live free. Now, there are things that maybe you went through that are really hard for you to let go. And that's when you lean into God and you ask him, God, help me let go of those offenses so that I can live free for you. And you just trust him for justice. And you give him your heart and you say, God, I trust that you will deal with this person. You will deal with this situation. You will take control. Then the last one is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is 
basically you asking God, teach me how to make wise choices. Teach, give me discernment to navigate through life in a way that I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. That I'm not going to place myself, my destiny, my family, those around me into a situation where I've never, I was never meant to be in. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations like that and you can feel, we can feel powerless. Like that study show that surrounded by all of these possibilities, still we find ourselves powerless. And if that's you here today, I just want you to know that just like in that tank of Bethesda, where that man was laying down, looking at the one thing he, saw, he thought was going to be his solution. The one place that he thought his solution and his hope was going to come from. And it never came from there. Maybe you have something in your head that you think, this is what needs to happen for me to reach my destination. Maybe you have something in your head that you think, this is what needs to happen for me to get where I need to get to. This is the avenue that I need. Just, you got to learn to allow the will of God to come to your life. To guide you. Because your will, your will will find barriers and mountains that you can't climb. Your will will find situations where you're going to get caught into this sense of frustration. Because you will, you're going to want it so badly. And it's not going to come to pass. But here's the truth that we see over and over again in scriptures and people's lives all around you. Is that nothing can stand against the will of God. And if you allow the will of God to come into your life and guide you, you will see your life go where it needs to go. I was talking to somebody from our church this week. We were having dinner and he was, this is a, a new person who started coming recently. And he was telling me that, he had this desire to take a technical class in, in, in computing design. And it was going to be a very hard, hard uh, uh, course. Six years he was going to take him to complete. And he went through the preparatory uh, time and, and, and he applied for the school. It's a program that was competitive. So a lot of people applied and he didn't make it. And he was crushed because that was, that was his avenue, man. That was his tank of Bethesda. That was the thing that was going to get him to live his dream. And he was just crushed. But then he came across this online course. And he thought, huh, maybe instead of sitting around, I've got to do something. Let me enroll in this course. And in this course, his mentor was one of the top uh, executives or top designers for a, a lead company in, in graphic design animation design and a year into the course his mentor offered him a job and now he's been working at that job for two years already what he would have had to wait over six years just to apply a job that he would have had to wait six years just to apply because he allowed the will of God to come into his life and say okay God that's not your will I'm not going to stop pursuing it I'm not going to see myself as a failure. I'm going to go into the door that you have opened for me. A year later, he's already working in the role that he dreamed of. And so my encouragement for you today is this. When Jesus walks into your life, when he knocks in the door of your heart, when he walks into your situation, instead of praying and saying, Jesus, can you get me to the waters in time? 
In other words, can you make my plan happen? Can you make my will happen? How about we invite his will into our lives? And we actively receive it every day. We actively practice what we learn from the Lord's Prayer. And we say, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life. If we do that, if we do that, we will see amazing things happen in our lives. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Awesome.